first Marvel showcase this year was the show WandaVision, an original TV show that came out on Disney+. Plus. In this episode of the Nerdy Epistles, Sister Lynn and Sister Venus, alongside our friend Sister Lindsay, explore the traumatic misadventures of Wanda Maximoff in her journey through life after Thanos and the Infinity Saga. Along the way, we talk about Marvel branches, the future of character development at Marvel, and explore all things love, grief, loss, and trauma. So this is another episode of the Nerdy Epistles, a nerdy conversational podcast by nerdy conversational Catholics. Grab your favorite drink and join us outdoors at the town gazebo. Greetings, friends. Sister Venus here. So before we get started, we wanted to talk about couple things. First, that we are going to be spoiling the entire WandaVision TV series, so if you've not seen the entire series, please feel free to stop this episode right now and, uh, you know, listen to one of our other amazing epistles. Secondly, this episode will talk in great deal concerning uh, pregnancy loss, grief, trauma, and other uh, very emotional subjects. If you are in a sensitive headspace concerning any of these topics, please know that we're praying for you, but feel free to also skip this episode as well. There may be other fun ones in the nearby future as well. So, until then, thanks so much for your ongoing support, Starship fam. Enjoy the episode. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. And we are now engaged and recording. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Nerdy Epistles. I'm Sister Venus. Sister Lynn. <laughs> And we have a special guest with us today. Um, her name is Sister Lindsay, and we're really excited that she's with us. She's We've been talking about her in other episodes for quite some time, and just because of scheduling and life and COVID, we haven't been able to talk about it and get her to get it all together and figure it out. So now that we're finally all here to, on this awesome, awesome day, we're going to do that thing. So uh, we're going to talk tonight, today in general, about WandaVision. WandaVision. Yay. Yeah. Where's the music <laughs> when I need it? Like, where's the bell? It goes, ding! <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, but before we get started, I, of course, want to go ahead and have a fun question that came up randomly as the result of our group chat in preparing for this episode. And we will start with Miss Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay, tell us a little bit about yourself. And then the question is, the questions are, what is your favorite intro, show intro from the series? And what would you have as part of your breakfast for dinner lineup? Ooh, thank you. And your, well, I think your description of like my COVID experience of just trying to get life together is a pretty good way to introduce me. Pretty accurate. Uh, yeah, so I'm Lindsay and um, yeah, WandaVision, I gotta tell you, I was not excited for WandaVision at all when they introduced it. I wasn't particularly connected with Wanda or Vision. And I thought that their romance was like the weirdest thing ever. I was not invested in their relationship. And so, and then I saw the trailer, like the last trailer before the show released. And I was like, okay, I got to check this out. And I, it's become like one of my favorites. So I'm very excited that we were talking about this. Um, I'm like a total MCU kind of nerd, geek, whatever word you want to choose. Um, and uh, I love all the superhero stuff. And uh, like my sixth birthday, uh, was a Batman theme because the uh, oh. Tim Burton Batman had come out and uh, so 
I'm an MCU person, but for DC, Batman is my favorite. Um, so yeah, so my favorite WandaVision intro would probably be the WandaVision, 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 WandaVision. I don't know why, it just like it's, it noodles into the brain and it's kind of connected to the Beach Boys and I love Beach Boys. So um, I think that's my favorite. Um, although the 70s episode, ba 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 WandaVision, that's probably, that's another noodle that gets into your brain, uh, one. Um, breakfast for dinner. So it's funny because we actually do like breakfast for dinner is a thing in my household. And um, I think our, our go-to for breakfast for dinner is either waffles or French toast. Mm. So um, sourdough waffles. My husband's family has like um, a sourdough starter that's like been in the family for a number of years. And wow. uh, yeah, it's really good. That sounds really good. <laughs> I, I, I foresee a future Marvel brunch. <laughs> I like that so. Marvel brunch. <laughs> outdoor Marvel brunch in a parking lot somewhere. But like, everyone's bring all the food and we'll just sit outside. <laughs> I'll actually, I'll bring you the French toast because not to brag, my mom taught me when I was a kid to make French toast. So I've kind of like, nothing's quite perfect, but almost perfected the French mm. toast. So... Do you use a particular type of bread or do you make the bread for the French toast? Oh, I'm not that fancy. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the artisano white bread, mm -hmm. I have found is one of the better ones to Ooh. use as your base. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's all about getting the right like cinnamon blend and the secret is adding the right amount of vanilla into it. Mm. And you gotta get, and it's the, the egg and milk consistency. Like, yeah. Regular milk? Like, do you do like any percentage or just kind of? Uh, we usually just use two percent, I think. But 2 you can do either. Yeah. Any of them? Probably not skim. I would say two percent is the lowest to go. Yeah. Otherwise, full. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I go some heavy cream, half and half. Yeah, I was gonna I'm a heavy cream. When I make it, I make it with heavy cream. Just because it's easier and it also offsets the egg so my stomach still do eggs don't like me um so oh. something about the heavy cream and the egg kind of balance it out so it doesn't hate me as much um <laughs> and i'm like yes but i'll eat it if you give me french toast i'm not gonna say no i'll be sick later but i'll be like mm, that was still worth it lord thanks <laughs> when we do our mcu brunch i will use the heavy cream though because i don't want to make you sick no, it's fine. You can use whatever you want. I, I, I trust your recipe. That's what I'm saying. I trust yeah, it. yeah. I'll go with your recipe. We'll go with the recipe. I'll just bring like LaCroix. So if my stomach gets gassy, I'll just be like, all right, cool, LaCroix. Knock back. And we'll begin. <laughs> all right, so Ate, Ate Lin, what is your favorite intro from the series? And what would you have as part of your breakfast for dinner? Mm -hmm. I'm, I think I might have mentioned it before, but I'm horrible with favorite things. Like, I'm, Jay makes fun of me. Her husband makes fun of me because he says like I'm an egalitarian. Like I'm, I don't like to favor. <laughs> I have a favorite. It just changes every day. So um, I guess my my preferred WandaVision intro would have been the first one, like the black and white. Um, I don't know. I like that. I like the, that era. Like everything seems so clean and crisp and like yeah, a world that I don't have because my children are out of control i'm with Lindsay. Like, you know, please don't destroy the house today just you know i just fixed that part so 
um, uh, I guess, and food, breakfast, lunch. I'm Filipino, so, you know, sometimes it's the same thing. <laughs> like, I guess eggs and spam and rice in the morning, and then we just have rice and eggs and spam in the evening. <laughs> so, it can be the same. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I'm right now, I guess, French toast sounds really good. So if I had to choose tonight, it would be French toast in Lindsay's French toast. In fact, I'm going to drive to Roseville with my mask and pick up some of French toast. I'll start cooking while we're talking. Yeah. It'll be hot and ready when you get here. I know. Hey, wait a minute. I have friends who on Zoom calls will be like praying the rosary and they'll be like making hot pot soups and cooking full blown dinners and then their decade comes up and all you hear is like them saying the rosary and then cooking and and i'm like are they cooking right now y'all can't be actually cooking and trying to pray the rosary i mean don't worry, i'm not gonna knock the like i'm not gonna knock the bonus grace you get by multitasking but <laughs> the know? third sorrowful mystery is uh insert egg <laughs> <laughs> okay say that <laughs> This is too much. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I think I'm going to be the weird one, but maybe it's just because of like my age. I'm a huge fan of the fifth episode. You know, the 80s themed one with the. Oh, yeah. da, da, da. It was like <laughs> yeah. coming out of like a really bad like Family Ties episode. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Da, yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I saw Alan Fig there. <laughs> yeah, super. Like, I definitely got Alan Fig vibes from, from, um, from Paul Bettany in that episode. I was like, bro. I mean, I mean that whole episode was crazy, but even still, like when I when I first heard the um, intro, I was like, "That's an all stop!" And like, I literally like rewind the episode. I was like, "I have to hear this again because I just felt my whole childhood just magically reappear." Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a late '80s, early '90s kid, so like, there's Family Ties, Who's the Boss, Wonder mm-hmm. Years, Full House, um, Family Matters, mm-hmm. like all those big family house shows that were done mm-hmm. in TGIF. Yeah, t- t- yeah, yeah, I'm totally a teacher. Totally. Like, that was the only channel that we could watch on Friday nights, too. My parents were like, mm, don't you be changing the channel. You better leave on TV. <laughs> and so that's what we did. So, like, step by step, all of that. All of it. The, the dinosaurs. Thing. You remember the dinosaurs? It's on Disney Plus now. <laughs> it, it, you can go watch dinosaurs on it. Yeah. What? Okay, it's okay. Dope. I know. So, I'm kind of hoping they'll bring back, especially because of WandaVision, I hope they'll bring back more, like, those retro shows on more <laughs> services because i'm just like i'm feeling very retro all of a sudden um that's really <laughs> weird um the other one i really liked also was the um like the the most the last one episode seven where they were talking about the um where it was the uh modern family-esque mm. like oh yeah it was like modern. the office sounding kind of one yeah, yeah office meets modern family so it was like definitely yeah. modern family intro look visually but then definitely office intro music wise and i was like hmm. But I like this. <laughs> I'm very confused how this episode's going, but I really like this already. And so that was it. Now, I'm a little more hybrid when it comes to breakfast for dinner. Um, but that makes sense because I'm biracial. I'm actually very much a chicken and waffles kind of person for breakfast. Mm. Um, so I would totally be like waffle, chicken. But then again, I would do that any time of the day, regardless. Um, definitely would be some rice somewhere and eggs. Um, <laughs> if I did a breakfast like that and and or leftovers like pizza for breakfast i definitely do pizza for breakfast mm. even though it's not really breakfasty but if you're eating breakfast for dinner and it's pizza doesn't that just make it regular dinner because it's pizza 
Depends on when you bought the pizza. <laughs> okay. You bought it like three in the morning. Nice it's still technically morning. So it's technically- Was it refrigerated at some point? <laughs> I'm hoping so. Lord have mercy if it wasn't. If it's cold pizza, maybe, then it counts as breakfast for dinner. Yeah. But if it's hot, then it's just dinner. True. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah, <laughs> I think that- Because then it's just leftovers, right? Yeah. That's a fair point. Agreed, agreed. Wait a minute, like a lot of like, especially out here in Sac, they have a lot of breakfast pizza spots. Like Bacon and Butter does this really good breakfast pizza. Mm. That's like $40. No, it's not really $40. This is like $19.99. But it's still like a good size Dang. pizza for breakfast. Okay, really? but Bacon Butter is bougie. It is very bougie. Um, I love them, but they're very bougie. Like I need to roll up with a $50 bill when I go to breakfast for them. And it's still an hour <laughs> wait. So <laughs> And they have three locations now. And I'm so confused about them. But like, so... There were, I could definitely see if it was a breakfast pizza, meaning I was having breakfast, and then... But, like, okay, so what's a breakfast pizza, though? Is it just pizza that they make you at breakfast, or is there something special about it that makes it a breakfast pizza? So they'll like still sausage, it eggs, sausage, stuff egg, on it. cheese, like, stuff you would put in a breakfast, in, like, a in an omelet, only just rolled out on dough, so... I could dig that. That sounds good. I mean, it does sound good regardless. See, things now okay. I'm going to have to start thinking about for our module brunch. For brunch. <laughs> now that you guys have been talking about, like, the eggs, one of my other favorite breakfast foods, because, like, you know, I think when I was younger, especially I like more the waffles and the French toast. We do it mm. now for the kids. But one of my favorite breakfasts now is actually a linguisa scramble. Mm. Linguisa, eggs, cheese, some red bell pepper thrown in there. If wow. you like onions, you could do it. I'm not a big onion person, but it's really good. Mm. White, not red. Because red would taste weird. It would be kind of like weird when you cook. Red is always tastes really weird cooked. I don't know what it is. Unless you put wine. Wait, what color did you say to put? Red. Or I would do white. Bell pepper? No, 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 no. I thought we were talking about onion. <laughs> oh, I was like, there's no such thing as a white bell pepper. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Like, wait, wait. <laughs> Uh, I, onion. Yeah, I forgot to mention the onion. Yeah, yeah. Onions. My bad, my bad. Um, but yeah, that would be. Mm, that yeah, red bell pepper white onion. <laughs> I would eat that on a pizza. That sounds good. I'm hungry now. Great. This is a bad <laughs> idea. This is a great bad idea. <laughs> Thanks, group text. Huzzah, group text. <laughs> okay, so a little bit about okay. I always like to leave with a little bit of facts before we break into questions. WandaVision is a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It came out in Jan early January in the middle of whatever second phase COVID we were in. And we are, and it was the surprise of the year so far for I think a lot of us nerds who are already starved for Marvel material because we hadn't had any because 2020 <laughs> is the most garbage year of our whole natural lives. <laughs> If you were a nerd, 2020 was not your year. Unless you were a Star Trek nerd, then it was your year. But it was not your year if you were any other fan. <laughs> it was very helpful. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, but for those us Marvel fans, it was a little rough because, you know, they pushed literally everything over. They were like, eh, yeah. I'll go over here now. Thanks for playing. Yeah. And so I was very sad about that. Um, <laughs> what happens is, so short we're going to try really hard not to spoil, but I'll put the spoiler tags at the beginning of the episode. Um, what had happened was Wanda, <laughs> in her grief from the events of Avenger Endgame, moves to 
in will visions will quote unquote um left a deed to a very lovely house in the city of westview new jersey um she gets there and all of a sudden magical things happen and all of a sudden she creates a very beautiful city of her own imaginings in which vision lives with her and together they get married and have kids and live a interestingly colorful life and then things happen <laughs> and then more things happen including a oh i'm so excited this happened they the arrival of a new organization called sword and then they kind of come in mess things up and this whole story kind of comes into play and again i'm trying not to spoil super hard because i want to encourage everyone really seriously to watch it's so good it's so good. It's like the show we didn't realize we needed, but we really needed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the biggest thing about WandaVision is that for many of, for, and what we're really going to lean into in this episode is the effects of WandaVision and how she processes trauma and how we as Catholics can lean in on not only what not to do, but how to embrace it and what it can kind of look like too, because when we realize that are not grief, trauma, loss, hopelessness, all those kind of emotions, like not only are part of the human condition, but as Catholics, sometimes we feel like, well, wait a minute, we believe in a God. So the heck, <laughs> and we'll explore that. <laughs> um, so getting started, um, what is your favorite moment of the series? So, I have way too many, but I think I have two. The big one for me, however, was when um, Wanda and Monica had that real like conversation on the front lawn in episode seven. And Monica was like, yo, <laughs> yo, you, this is not the way. This is not the way, sister. We understand. I feel you. This is, but this is not the way we can do different. And she's just like, nah, fam, I don't think that's going to go. And for me, it was very powerful because there's a specific line she says in that. And she's like, yeah, the pain is real, but I don't want the pain to be taken away because that's my truth. And I was like, drop mic. Mm. Like, I literally stopped and like rewrote that. I was like, I, was like, I need to write this down <laughs> because it's so true when you're thinking, when you're processing any kind of like negative event or series of events that sometimes that pain that pain almost is like literally unbearable but it is your truth whether you realize it or not it makes you who you are and so like that's my number one big number one and then and then and then all of episode eight <laughs> i'm so emotionally destroyed i put this on facebook <laughs> and sister Lizzie was like i knew it i told you it's so bad um but all of episode eight is so good it's so bad and that's those are my moments what y'all got? Yeah, it's, I mean, it, there were so many good moments. I mean, even just throughout the the series, kind of like, I really enjoyed the whole theories aspect of like, okay, what exactly is going on? Like, we know she's had this whole messed up thing, but like, how do we get from, you know, the end game battle? And like, she seems so chill and, and at peace at the end of end game where you know she's like you know uh hawkeye's like 
yeah, I just wish that, you know, she, that she knew that we won. And, you know, Wanda seems so like, oh, she knows, they both know. And I'm like, okay. And then how do you get to like, we're in this made up reality kind of thing. And so I think I just love seeing the, the arc throughout it of her trying to process and deal with like all of the stuff she'd been through, like even the commercials and how they connected to these points in her life. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I mean, it was so, except for the shark one, the Yo Magic one was so <laughs> disturbing to me. I was like, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there were so many moments in episode eight with all the flashbacks and the processing that honestly resonated for me and kind of moments that I've had of like grief. Um, and uh, that it was, yeah, I mean, that was probably, it was a love-hate episode for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were so many great one-liners. And then, I mean, and then episode nine, bringing it home at the end, I was like a sobbing mess at the end. Uh, you know, but there, again, just so many beautiful lines, you know, of, of her kind of realizing and actualizing, like, what exactly she had processed but then also the philosophy theology nerd and me really loved the Theseus conversation <laughs> that the visions had mm-hmm. I'm sorry I, I spoiler alert I'm sorry spoiler you're good you're good <laughs> I hope they you tuned out but already go watch it <laughs> and now you're coming back to it <laughs> this is exactly why we put this at the beginning of the episode ding ding hey by the way you should not listen to this if you haven't seen it <laughs> please don't <laughs> Come back after you've seen it. Yeah. So you're okay. You were not you were not breaking anything, but I do love that conversation. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a major one for me. My, I guess mine were um kind of corny. <laughs> the one that sticks out to me is when um when Randall, like in the beginning, like is try gets there and like you, the two cops are like, you know, where's Westview? And then they're like, What are you talking about? Like like they're so confused. And he's yeah. like, but right there, right? Because that that feels like much of 2020 to me <laughs> like kind of like like you don't it people are dying like it's right there <laughs> like, you don't see that so that that whole confusion piece mm. is just like okay that that's that stuck out to me and then um yeah the other part was when like like the atomic bomb like when she explodes like when the grief gets so big that it now has created the whole was it the octagon or whatever hexagon hexagon <laughs> hexagon, <laughs> hexagon. <laughs> one of the guns but yeah like because uh like trauma for me like i um i i interiorized everything um you know and it's very hard like just issues that i've had in life i've um I've, i'm you know you bottle up and keep quiet and so like when I would go through therapy, like the um, um, one of my therapists told me to use to try to find triggers when it's appropriate because I don't allow like I wouldn't allow myself to process things. So um, you know like like I know something is it like when it, when things feel uneasy and then uh, I couldn't figure it out and he's like well what day is it is this the day of you know an anniversary or something or whatever um, so he's like those are triggers but you can also use triggers to help you. Like if you're driving or in the shower, you know, like allow yourself to get into this place. So like when she blew up, sometimes there there were points where I feel like, you know, in my life, I've had a few like that, like just, you know, just, you know, like, and, but that's what I was afraid of is that I would end up creating something like the hexagon she created, Mm -hmm. you know, because like it's, it's so powerful, so strong and you don't have any control over it. Right. 
um so that it's like i don't i don't know it, it's like i know i don't have the you know capacity to create something like that or maybe i do maybe i could have that snap and like now live in an alternate reality in my head and be like you know well i am the scarlet witch if you didn't know <laughs> everyone's like, <laughs> I'm like crazy <laughs> so yeah and then and then the um the vision to vision discourse <laughs> was was really good so yeah that's, that's like a whole like that whole theseus conversation for me was like that whole conversation it was very creationist i don't know if anybody noticed that and had that discussion of like of like if it changes and is it still not of creation right and like for me so for me i always look at like when we talk about like pro-life issues if if it has been changed is it still pro is it still a being right and so i don't know where i'm going with that but it was just something that kind of like stuck out to me when they were having that conversation. They were like, yeah, but if you restore something, is it still that? Or if it changes, is it still that being? And like, for me, I answer it was kind of like, well, kind of. <laughs> so I could take the vaccine? Because yeah. <laughs> 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 it's not... <laughs> Yeah. Is it, is it like, you know, like how... Like where, at what point in the journey do we start having that conversation of it changing form, of, of a life changing form, right? So yeah, that's kind of where, I, I'm sorry if that went into a completely different <laughs> <that wasn't laughs> anywhere and just dead ended right here, I apologize, but it just was very, like, I, I can't find the words right now to explain it. But Isn't it, was, it, you know, like our, biologically, uh, every seven, uh, seven years our cells um, change, right? Like something along that line like you know it's like every seven years there's like a at that point we've regenerated at some point so like it's not exactly the same cells as when I was five or I'm I'm not a bio biologist so <laughs> but I, I've heard that like you know that we can change so are we the same person like yeah what makes a person a person the essence or what I mean what makes anything a thing right I mean then right. you get into like the metaphysics like and yeah. transubstantiation and you know yeah yeah it's good and then something that you mentioned too about your favorite scene that that scene of like Wanda with the hex coming out of her um it was so the one of the first really kind of like painful experiences that like kind of set me on my path towards coming back to the faith, finding faith genuinely for the first time, was that my great aunt, um, who had helped raise me, um, she was on life support and we had to decide um, as a family after 10 days to take her off of it. And she had no other family, so it was myself. And my mom didn't want to be in the room because it was very painful, but she didn't I didn't want my aunt to be alone and she didn't want me to be alone. So it was both my mom and I in there and mm -hmm. I was 19 years old. And so, um, I was with my aunt as she basically slowly died right in front of me. And I remember feeling so pain, like there was so much pain that like, it felt like every fiber in my being was willing that she would survive. And I felt like that visualization of Wanda, like with the hex coming out of her, was like a visualization of what it, it felt like for me, except that mm -hmm. obviously I don't have the Wanda power to create life spontaneously, unfortunately. Um, but so, so in that sense, right, like that, that visual was powerful for me, but I could also connect with like Venus, what you were saying with, um, 
um, I just want to call her Spectrum now. Why can't I think of her like non-superhero <laughs> name? Uh, <laughs> Monica, like I could relate with her being like, oh my gosh, like, but not having the power to make it happen, you know, and having to sit in that pain and sit mm-hmm. with that grief. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it's such a good show. It <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, and this is like the greatest show. We're like, thank you, 2021. We really needed some stuff. You know, we needed like WandaVision and Silk Sonic via Bruno Mars and Anderson <laughs> Pack. And, you know, whatever, when that album comes out in April, which I'm totally, uh, okay. Like, we just needed good things. Okay. We just need good things. Um, I think also, like, how do I want to go into that? Um, so the initial question originally was, as Catholics, we understand that pain is a part of suffering and, and suffering, of course, is a part of our journey on route to salvation because that's the way, right? Um, but at the same time, I've always had that struggle with trauma, right? And, I, and for me, the frustrating part about all of WandaVision is just this conversational piece of like, when do we start actually working through trauma? right like how do that that process of unpacking the trauma right like it shouldn't have taken eight episodes to get there i mean we got there but really we that didn't even need to happen tbh like because if we watch even in episode eight like she had already come to the acceptance piece right right before like when she was at um at the sort of hq she was like "I, i can't feel you you're not here and I was like, cry, super cry. But yeah. then, at the same time, I I realized that's her accepting, right? And then, like, she gets to the house and it's like a full-blown epic trigger. That's really what that, that hex is, is a full-blown epic. That's what triggers look like sometimes for some people <laughs> also. <laughs> and, you're like, and then you're just like, and, and now I'm in black and white. It's, you know, as part of that self-care process. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I'm kind of going, as Catholics, where do we start, how how can we support our brothers and sisters who may be going through some sort of like big hex, traumatic hex moment in their journey? And or if they're already in the hex, how do we like start that process of bringing them or supporting them? Let me rephrase this, because technically they have to choose to want to get out like Wanda did. In the end, Wanda had to make the, the painful call and she made the call, good for her. But at the same time, it was that moment in the like that there are people who we know who are totally living in who are totally living in black and white still, or living in a version in an episode, one of them, which are choose, they can choose. Like, <laughs> what can we as Catholics do to kind of support our brothers and sisters who are still in the hex? There's the answer. There's the question. <laughs> and and either help them understand that they're in the hex, and if they choose to want to get out, they can, or if they want to get out, help them get there. I think first of all, like grief, we, we talk about the stages of grief as if it's like linear, you go to here, then you go to here. And it's, it's not like, you know, the, I, I can't feel you. That was another one of those gut punch moments for me. One of my favorite love hate moments. Right. But I don't. So I think in that sense, there was a certain amount of acceptance, but I don't think that Wanda had actually like fully accepted it. Right. Like her grief, her longing, like maybe she was at the bargaining stage, right? Um, When she just kind of was like, you know, trigger hex going up. And so I think that's important, first of all, is to recognize that it's, it's a messy process, grief. It's not linear. Um, And that, uh, you know, 
we just have to roll up our sleeves and like be present and accompany, you know? I mean, you look at like Monica and how she got, what's the term the kids say these days, yeeted? She got yeeted out of the hex. <laughs> and uh, yes. uh, <laughs> and she comes back, she tries to go back in, right? And um, she like gets the machine to go in and then that doesn't work. So she like forces her way in with her spectrum powers and, and whatnot. And so I think that, you know, you have this example of Monica who's like, hey, you're gonna push me away, I'm, but I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna be here, right? Now, we wanna be careful. We don't wanna like force ourselves, right? Like we wanna be respectful of where people are at. But I think at the same time, it's also a good lesson to like recognize that as, as Catholics, like, like the crucifixion was messy and bloody, right? And how many people left our Lord in the crucifixion? But can we, can we be like the Marys? Can we be like, you know, um, John? Can we be there um, and, and just be present even though the, the other person may be acting in a way that pushes us, would push a person away, right? Not that we force ourselves on the person, but we say, come and say, hey, it's okay, you're acting this way, or feel this way, or maybe it's not okay, but like, I'm, I'm still here, like, because I'm with you through this. Right. I mean, I think to me, that's one of the biggest first steps is like just walking with the person. <laughs> I guess I should say something. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I agree. Did it what Lindsay said. <laughs> Lindsay's right. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's yeah, it. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess to add, like, maybe something that, I, that I'm thinking of is that we all have to realize that we are also contained within somewhat of a hex ourselves, you know, like, um, and then, like, realizing that. Um, and when we do see each other, like, why, like, kind of reassessing why we feel called to, to entering someone else's hex. Um, like, some of it might be, like, maybe I just want to deal with mine um, or, you know, I've, I've learned to process. So I see where they are and I'd like to accompany them. Um, but yeah, like, like Lindsay said, like, I don't think we, we should be trying to force ourselves because it is, it is a process. There's going to be processing. And then, um, but the way I feel like Monica was able to re-enter was that she, she realized the power that she had, which was also connected to her own woundedness, right? Like, like she connected to that. And, and that, that, that brings me back to the whole idea of trauma. you think of trauma in like in the hospital when we talk about a safe, safe place to reveal our wounds, um, like, you know, the, you know and, and, that, and that part that where she said, I couldn't feel you, like that, that stuck out to me. Cause when, um, when my late uh, boyfriend passed, my, daughter, my eldest daughter's um, dad, I, it reminded me of like when we finally entered the, the the funeral home and we were able to see him like after he he had already passed I think maybe a week already and I never got to see him so I knew he died and and everything like that but like seeing him there the body that once was very animated that was you know that that I love like lifeless like I didn't feel him there you know and that's like whoa you know um so it wasn't I don't even think it was an acceptance it was maybe there was an acceptance but it also felt like it like it opened up the wound of the grief more like if there was a little bit of healing going on like okay you know but when I saw that it's like 
oh crap you know and I and I and I felt that that resonated with me too like you know she sees it now it's like what do I do with this new information this new wound you know and like you know in trauma you're trying to just stabilize a, a patient right you know like when you when you're traumatized and then they go into you know critical care intensive care like there's steps of care that have to take place and a lot it's it's going to be painful and you know like and 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 very messy so um as far as accompanying brothers and sisters it is it's like I don't know what stage it's not linear it's not clean <laughs> you know I don't know if that stitch is infected you know that we might have to go right back and open it up um but it's like I, I think like looking at what Monica did it's like okay like she saw that her friend was in trouble she also recognized how she was, you know, how she was wounded and connected that, okay, I'm going to be with her, but I'm not going to force her out of this thing. Like, you know, I'm here, I'm here, I'm, I'm right here, you know. And um, and then she also helped when when um, Lindsay's background friend over there <laughs> tried to, <laughs> tried to, you know, to create more of a mess. She, she was able to see that, you know, and, and, and do something about that to kind of, you know, bring awareness there, I guess you can say. So I like to think that Agatha was like the big, like the big bad therapist at that moment. Like during, especially in episode eight. So to recap, yeah. this happened and this happened and that happened. Meanwhile, all of us are crying like, we know this is what happened. I know. Again. Please don't remind us. But like, I think that's a big part of it too, like that sometimes certain people do have to come into the journey and be either the big bad therapist. Hopefully it's an actual big bad therapist. Um, and, <laughs> and when I say bad, I don't mean bad, bad. I mean like boss bad. Like they good at what they do and they walk you through the process. About to rip that bandaid off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like they, they, they the good therapist. Like I'm not trying to say like bad bees up in here, but like, you know, they're the bad bee therapists who just be like, all right, let's go. We're going to start this healing process. Let's go gently of course way gently than what i'm than what i'm implying but then there are those of us who are monica's and then there are even those of us who are visions who like they realize something's wrong here and i and we need to come to terms with what's wrong here and especially mm -hmm. in episode five and maybe that's why i like episode five so much because at in episode five he goes one of this is wrong you know what you're doing is wrong. This can't go. Like, we really know. <laughs> and then, you know, Fiatro shows up. But, like, but even in that moment, like, you know, that moment prior to Fiatro ringing the doorbell, I was like, yes, there we are. There it is. Even your husband is saying, wife, this isn't right. We have we have to fix this, right? We, And if the fix is how all of the episode ended, <laughs> uh, then, you know, that's what has to be done, right? Because it it's wrong and we're still not even talking about what how wanda like low-key like i don't know um like let her trauma like low-key affect literally an entire town of like three thousand people <laughs> we haven't discussed that section yet <laughs> because that was very low-key that was like torture low-key <laughs> you're like you're right it was super not low-key but you, you know i feel you what <laughs> but like but and there's that piece too like sometimes when we talk about lost grief and trauma, we have to be mindful of Monica's visions and even the, the cities and the citizens themselves because they are also affected by our trauma. So when we talk about citizens, we're talking about other members of our family, we're talking about our coworkers, we're talking about friends, talking about even our children in certain cases, you know, that like we have to be mindful that <laughs> as the chaotic energy comes out, that we're not accidentally transforming them and suppressing them and suppressing their feelings, mm -hmm. which is what I loved about the boys, because the boys were kind of like, 
you know, and especially when Sparky died. Mm, Sparky. Why should I kill? But I like but I like the trigger of that, right? Where Wanda had to kind of tell her kids, no, 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 you can't avoid this. We can't avoid yeah. you can't grow up and avoid this. You can't like I can't bring him back. I can't do any of those things. This is it, right? Like and even and even like I love that Agatha was like, wait, for real? You can do that? <laughs> when the answer was literally like, no, she can't. But <laughs> it was more a matter of the sense of like, like, it felt kind of weird when she did that, when she did that double standard. Because I was like, how do you acknowledge that but still be disconnected? And But trauma has that kind of power. And so I have to remind myself that trauma has that kind of power. Where you were like, in a different situation, you know what the truth is. But when you reapply it back to yours, you're like, no, I'm good. Never mind. Just kidding. And welcome to the church. (laughs) I mean, how often do we know, like, what the therapeutic thing is, the right answer is, but, you know, for me. Or we only do a section of it. You know, we only do a little bit of a section of it, but we'll get to the part where we go, owl, and then we stop. (laughs) Right. I hate therapy homework. I always hate it. But Venus, I think you, like, you bring up such a good point, though, too, about, like, our trauma and how it affects other people and stuff. And I think that like one of the cool things, one of the, I mean, cool things about the way the show unraveled where it like, you know, really did affect others. And what you were talking about now is it really demonstrates that we are part of the body of Christ, right? So it, it like a lot of times people think like, well, it, it's my own thing. I have to deal with it myself, my trauma mm-hmm. myself, or maybe it's even like sin like it's just personal sin it doesn't affect anybody else and it's like no because all of these things that we don't deal with in our life whether it's sin or trauma or grief or you know um whatever it is like it affects who we are and it comes out eventually and because we are part of the body of christ we're all interconnected Mm -hmm. it, it can and does affect others right and so um you know, hopefully we could be motivated for our own sake to be, you know, working on our own healing for our own sake, because we are made in God's image and likeness and, and God wants to give us that healing and wants to walk with us through the grief, the trauma, etc. cetera. Um, but even if not, like maybe the motivation could be just like, okay, for, for other people's sake that are connected. Like the first time that Wanda takes down the hex, it's because of other people, right? It's not because she realizes like, I, this is not helping me. I, I have to like actually process this trauma. She takes it down for the sake of others, not for herself, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and then eventually she gets to that place of realizing she needs to take it down for her own sake of like processing. Um, and then spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> But so I just thought that was like such a a really beautiful way to like look at us being a part of the body of Christ and our interconnectedness as brothers and sisters in Christ. That's very true. And especially in taking into consideration like to the effects like of the of sin, but then also the counter effects too. So like mm-hmm. the like fact that the whole town was like fam. <laughs> and even at the end when she was just walking by, they're just they like they they knew what she did right and even though she apologized for it like she apologized to monica and monica was like you know what though like can we really blame you which we'll talk about later but like at the same time she was like it doesn't change what they feel about me either right and so there's always that sense of like this is where grace is a really great thing because like 
in the case of Westview, New Jersey, they're not going to be that kind and forgiving about what happened there. You've got to, I mean, yeah, technically in timeline, that only was a week long. That was a whole week, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Eight ep- nine episodes, one week in timeline. Yeah. And I was like, seriously? Oh, and my brain was like, Phew. those but, kids screw up fast. <laughs> why? For real? <laughs> what? They're going to be teenagers. They're going to be teenagers. We did it. <laughs> but like that space of like, you know, but we as the body of Christ, because we have grace, we have that ability to truly like be like help that wounded area. Right. And truly be able to heal that wounded area and still keep it going. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's just kind of something like I want to like, I've, I appreciate that lens and looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Christ, because it's like, As, yeah. See, seeing her walking, walking down, you can't help but feel for her, right? Like when everyone's looking at her, like I, I want to like defend her. I'm like, you don't know what she's been through, you know. And and it, but like knowing that they've been hurt too, but that that's that whole grace and you know justice and mercy, like. I feel like, you know, juxtaposing it to the church, like there's a bunch of people looking, you know, like who were just justice, justice, you know, like that's wrong. This is right. That's wrong. And, you know, until it's them who have to deal with it, like, and she's a changed person, right? Like, but she's processing it, but she's, you know, yeah, I want to defend her. I want to be like, look like this. She's been through hell. Like, can't you be merciful? Right. But yeah. yeah. What did you think about it though? Like if you put yourself and somebody posed this question to me and I really had to think about it. Cause I, I too was like, well, of course, like you gotta like forgive her because she's processing trauma. And you would think that since they, like they felt her trauma, right. That they would understand and be sympathetic. But if you like think about it for a second and actually put yourself in the shoes like pick a character like I was thinking of like Dottie for example where she was like please just like let my daughter go you know she's eight she can be friends with your boys or whatever right or 11 I don't remember the kids age but um (laughs) you know if you're stuck in your house for a week like playing this part being forced having this mental anguish having nightmares and like locked away from your child for a week like and, and you know, your child's also like suffering. How, like, how would you feel when it's all down? Like, mm-hmm. that's really complicated. I'm not yeah. sure I feel as sympathetic for Wanda anymore. Right. 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 Yeah. I, that it totally made me think of like, you know, I mean, in, in my past, like I've been in an abusive relationship. So like walking on eggshells, like you can't be free, you're uptight. And then like, you're trying to keep the peace. So you're trying to like, you are, there's a certain level of like being oppressed there. And it's like, and I would go back and forth with like knowing how broken he was that's why he's like that but at the same time now I'm being broken <laughs> it's like right. and that's the thing like sin's not clean right you know and <laughs> it's like it, it, it spreads and it's it's messy and you know like the crucifixion was so messy right and, and yeah it's like there, there's yeah so there's definitely that part where like you know she's broken like stop messing with her but at the same time look what kind of what did you do right yeah 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 so and i think it's okay to sit in that tension though too right of like yeah and, and that's that's the tough call of christianity what, what's the saying like i only love jesus as much as i love the person i love least mm-hmm. and uh like that's the call that's the challenge of our faith right is to be able to work through and find a place of forgiveness for like in, in whatever that works looks like right to mm-hmm. like i don't know 
yeah i mean that's why he had to come down because god knows that i can't do it on my own yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do this lord because uh, don't yeah. trust me with it <laughs> yeah and i mean that kind of triggers into the second half of the question too like what do we as catholics what can we as catholics do to help kind of embrace like redemptive suffering right because while like we take into consideration for us suffering is like a means to an end right which is is, is to grow us make sure i'm correct me if i'm wrong but it is to grow us and to, to purify us and make us stronger in our faith and leaning more into leaning into the lord through his crucifixion because of course um i'm gonna pull it up here it is so from um this is from sal salvici dolores aka the pastoral or on the meaning of suffering pope jp2 saint jp2 and he said human suffering has reached its culmination in the passion of christ at the same time it has entered into a completely new dimension and a new order it has been linked to love by the total offering of himself christ reveals in all his depth the dimension of love in human suffering in human suffering making it possible for saint paul to say in first Colos in, or in colossians 124 i rejoice in my suffering for your sake and in my flesh i complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of the body that is the church. So yeah, it kind of ties back to the body of the church, but like, you know, we talk about redemptive suffering cause that's like been like, that's like the theme of 2020. Um, and understand, but like, how do we, where do, can we see it in WandaVision and what can we do to embrace it? <laughs> I think we have to be careful though thinking that um you know that suffering is the means to the end because God doesn't want us to suffer like that's that was never part of the plan like um so that like what you read was like like was good but he said it's been transformed right like because Christ transformed it like suffering was was a result of sin of, of being wounded right and and what he did was he took something and then he made it he made it new he made it good so that's the whole like i that's why sometimes i have issues with the whole saying of you know well things happen for a reason you know like no like that child didn't have to die for a reason like you know i don't i don't i don't like personally i don't know people you know go ahead send, send in show <laughs> you know like send me a message or whatever but i i just don't think that god wants that I, I think like a lot of everything everything that's painful is a result of sin and not to say like sin you're a bad person but just sin in general a block to light and grace flowing right so you know my i'm diabetic and overweight like you know like yeah part of it's on me but like the the illness that i have is a result of sin maybe mine maybe eve's i don't know but like um so what but what what the suffering now what what jesus has done is he's he's connected that to love right and then that so it's like things didn't happen for a reason but things happen and then God gives it a reason, right? Like, so I, I think it's more of that order. So um, like when it comes to trauma, like, oh, you know, that, that's the hardest thing when someone's hurt and it's like, ooh, you know, like we do we say something, do we, you know, they've gone through it. It's like, well, you know, the worst thing to say is like, well, you know, things happen for a reason. It's like, no, do not tell me that. Like no what kind of, what kind of God do you believe in, right? <laughs> like, but yeah, so I think that, but, when we connect it to Christ, he can take that something and he can transform it. Um, but that's, that's the whole journey to like, you know, to, to get there. Cause that, that's, that's difficult. So. 
I don't know. I don't even know if I answered the question. <laughs> yeah. Since Lynn and I, we, we had actually, Lynn and I had conversations about this um, kind of topic a lot uh, a couple years ago um, where I'm just going to throw up trigger warnings here about like death and loss and grief. And if you, I mean, probably the whole episode might need a trigger warning, but right now I'm going to give a, a big trigger warning, especially for the ladies, but guys too. Um, you know, when uh, I lost my baby um, and had a miscarriage, it was like, you know, sometimes you're like, well, things happen for a reason. It's like, nope, not, nope. Uh, that's not, that's not the pastoral response. I don't even know if that's the theological response here, you know, and, and like really, and Lynn and I had a lot of conversation about this and I really do think like it is a process and, and, and it's a choice, right? I mean, that's the whole redemptive part is the choice. We don't get a choice of whether or not we suffer. That's just life. And is there a reason for it? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out one day, but I imagine that if we're in heaven, we probably won't care what the reason is because we'll be in heaven. Um, you know, yay. Um, but like, so for example, like even if you do know the reason, it doesn't always take the pain away. Like um, I, we found out that we had lost our, our baby because he had trisomy 15. Um, and it was like a, um, a bad enough kind of extra copy of the, the 15th chromosome that um, he, he, that's why he died. Like that's what caused his death. Um, and even knowing that didn't take the pain away, right? Um, so it's like, is there a reason? So what, it doesn't matter like if there is or not, but the choice that we had to make, and it's not like you get one opportunity to choose and then it's gone. But in any moment you have this choice of being able to say, like the saying offer it up. I get the whole saying, but it's really kind of like, yeah, bad. Yeah. Like I see that the X from some, from sister Venus there, like, you know, rather than offer it up, I like to think of it as Open, opening up to our crucified Christ walking with us. And I think, you know, Lynn, the word you used was like perfect, transform, right? And it transforms what that grief is. Like, is the grief ever gone? Like, no, but the experience of the grief has been transformed, you know? Um, and it, it had allowed me to be able to like still praise God you know, even though part of me at times was like, well, God, why did you let this happen? Right. Um, but to be able to say, okay, God, I'm going to let you in. Now. I'm not going to offer it up, but I'm going to let you in. And I'm going to place my trust in you that even though I don't understand this and it's hard to fathom, like I'm inviting you to come into this pain because you know pain as well. You know suffering as well. And that's the whole redemptive aspect, right? Is that our God suffered to the point of one of the most horrific deaths ever. Our, our God suffered betrayal and abandonment. Um, and in all of these horrible things, our God understands, right? And our God can walk with us and can speak life into even death. You know, and so to me, yeah. that's, that's where the redemptive suffering comes in. And, you know, I, I was trying to think of, can I think of in WandaVision, like 
to me, the people of Westview, like they're in that moment of having a choice. Mm -hmm. Is this going to be a redemptive suffering for them or not? And it has nothing to do with whether they offer it up or not. It's, will they be open to, and I mean, the MCU doesn't necessarily really deal with like the Christian faith per se explicitly, Mm -hmm. but in our world, in in my hex, you know, um, like, you know, are some of those residents going to be open to allowing that suffering and that traumatic event to be transformed by our God who knows suffering and his love? Yeah, yeah. I, yes, followed by, I really hate the I'm offering up. So this is a little bit of sidebar, like, I had a friend ask, they were going through a really rough time earlier this year, and they were like, so how do you offer it up? And I go, mm. it was the first time I was like, see, here's the problem. It's kind of different for each person, but your part is the part of like saying, yes, I choose, right? And yes, I lean into the Lord and say, yes, Lord, I don't get it, but I'm trusting you. And trying to explain that, but trying to explain that to someone who's in the thick of their like grief hex is hard and I think that's like sometimes where we meet our brothers and sisters is they're in the middle of the grief hex and we don't want to say offer it up but we don't know any other answer <laughs> and you're just like so do I I and and saying the next worst answer which is you know just lean into the Lord and say Jesus I trust in you that's also an awful answer to give to someone who is feeling like you know well if Jesus if I, I trusted in Jesus before this incident happened. So yeah. why do I trust in him now? Right. And obviously it goes back to, I think it's in, is it's Jeremiah or Isaiah who said, you know, the Lord gives, or is it Job? Somebody in the old Testament said, <laughs> the Lord gives. One of them guys. And the Lord takes Lord away. Takes away. <laughs> so be the name of the Lord. Right? And, but it's definitely an old Testament reference. Okay. <laughs> I'm I think it might be Job. Yeah. I'm gonna put it. I'll put it in the shit notes, fam. <laughs> what the actual verse citation is, but like it, it's hard to kind of. I feel, and I guess maybe that's where this question came from. Is like, how do we help our brothers and sisters see that that piece, right? Without mm-hmm. saying it, it happens for a reason, or shit happens, or. Um, just lean into the Lord and say, I trust in him or say, uh, my, or offer it up. And I mean, I, yes, they're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. I think what's, what's hard about that is like the whole offer up, like I, in my head, like I see like, okay, I'm going to go into the temple. I'm going to take this pain. I'm going to put it on the altar and I'm going to give it to the Lord and I'm going to walk away and it'll be fine. Right. And I, I feel like like too much, like so many people are seeking, they're seeking comfort in the Lord because they want that peace but they want to get to that piece already. Like they don't realize that there's a whole, there is a sorrowful part that we have to go through. Like, um, and that's like, it's a real thing. And like, we don't want to have that pain. Like Wanda didn't want to have that pain. Like she just needed to be gone. So she, she dealt with it in another way. Like people try to quench their suffering by overeating, drinking, you know, indulging in something else. Right. Um, she just happened to create, you know, a whole, <laughs> you know? She went out of the bank. Yeah, no, some of us Amazon our way through green. Oh man, yeah, right. Yeah, some boss level stuff right there. (laughs) I thought I was getting through COVID okay. (laughs) Shit, create a whole town with no COVID. (laughs) Seriously, yeah, but I yeah. So I think like we need to like 
you know, when, when someone is going through it, some, well, like some, I had a, I had a moment where it, it, you know, it was weird. Like in the middle of the night at one point, I, I might've shared it before. Like I woke up with the most like tremendous, horrific pain of like deep, 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 like pain, you know, in the middle of the night, like, I don't know what it was. Like, it was like so painful. Like, I, I don't know, like out of the depths of my soul, it hurt. And, um, I, it was like a grief I've never felt before. And I don't know, it might be connected to my internalizing everything. I don't know. But like, I, I, I was like, Lord, you know, and so I started praying. I was trying to contemplate and, you know, you see, you see things, right? So I, I saw, and, and I was like, and in the past, I would ask God to like, take it away, take away the pain. It's too much. It hurts. It hurts. I don't like this, right? Like, Lord, take it away. And this time was different because I saw him next to me in the most battered, like you know he had just been scourged at the pillar right like wearing the crown of thorns and sitting next to me like looking drained like that's what I saw and I'm like at, at that point I realized okay I'm not going to ask him to take it away right because like how can I ask this guy who's just been beat up to take it away right I'm Lord so at that point I was like Lord can I just sit with you can you just stay with me like can we just sit together in this pain like I, you don't need to take it away you're in pain I'm in pain can we just sit together and then um at that point like I had um I had a there's a book at my night nightstand it was the Saint Louis de Montfort and it was um and there's there's a part that stuck out that said you know Lord save me lest I die right Lord save me lest I die and and it's like that stuck out so I just kept repeating that and that eventually was how I was able to go back to sleep but I was that was the first time like I, I I realized like oh my gosh you know he has suffered through it too and and then going forward anytime like I, I encountered anyone who was suffering you know I was like I don't you know and I honestly like I, I was trying to think about it instead of trying to make them feel better just like I don't know what to say but I, I'm here and you know I'll sit with you you know and it's like I don't this is this is difficult for you and I can't I don't I don't know it personal the way that you do but I know that you're suffering and you're my friend and you know and that's the accompaniment piece. Like, I, I will sit with you. If you need me to come over, I will come sit with you, right? Um, I might have to bring my kids with me. They could stay in the car, and, you, know, but, you know. But, you know, yeah. But I think that part of just knowing that there's someone who's not going to leave me when I'm in the hardest point of my life. Because being alone is so hard, you know, and alone in your suffering. And, like, while they might not know necessarily what you're going through because it might be a personal thing for you but just knowing that someone's there with you like when you know when jesus saw veronica and, and wiped his face or he saw the women woman you know and and saw simon simeon simon i get the mixed up i'm sorry <laughs> but you know like along the journey right just knowing that someone's there so yeah, and i feel like yeah. when people like mention god specifically when, and I can attest, right, to when the effectiveness of just the accompaniment that you're suggesting there, because, um, yeah, like, I was talking about that experience where we've had those conversations and, and just your response, like, the, the effectiveness of that. So, um, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, you know, and I think when, when people bring up God specifically, like being angry with God, and I know I shouldn't be angry. And it's like, well, who says you shouldn't be angry with God? Like, it's okay. God can handle your anger. Right. Right. Like God. And, and to me, like, I always visualize it as like a child 
like running to their father's arms and like pounding on their father's chest, like angry and tears. And like the father just stands there lovingly and like will wrap his arms around. And he's like, I can take this. Like, I love you, you know, um, in the most tender way possible. And, um, you know, that's, I think kind of how, like I approach that with, with the person who, especially if their grief is so raw like that, you know, where it's like, it's okay. God can take it. Like, give it, give it to him. Like, it's okay. You know? And I think too, like if, if a person is stuck though, like when we talk about offering it up, right. If a person is stuck, like in their, in their grief and just like having trouble with, you know, processing, you know, I ha I did an exercise once with a team and I'm not going to share too many details just because I, I haven't asked ahead of time for permission to share, but, um, this, this team was kind of stuck from what I remember. And we, um, we did this exercise where basically we were at a retreat and I had the person take a leaf and kind of share, like, cause the, the team didn't feel like they could pray to God, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. And I said, okay, take this leaf, like, and just shout everything that you would want to say to God into the leaf. Okay. Now throw it into this little like creek, whatever. You know, so sometimes it's like doing that physical act of like, mm -hmm. you know, putting it onto something else and then letting it go. Like we read about that in the Old Testament, right? They put the sins onto the animals and do the sacrifice. I wasn't suggesting sacrifice, <laughs> but sometimes we need that physical act of, okay, I can let this go. And then sometimes that might open the floodgates to be able mm -hmm. to then pray and be able to more directly say, okay, God, I'm really mad that this happened and I don't understand. And what the hell like you know yeah um but like being there with the person and validating I think their experience and where they're at and not like it's a delicate balance right because Monica kind of pushed a little bit then you have Agatha who like <laughs> she really pushed Wanda yeah. right and to me I was like oh she's she's like you shouldn't push somebody that hard, but it like got Wanda to like process. Right. right so right. like Venus, you're saying sometimes you need that, you know, boss therapist. Right. <laughs> so but God can take it. That's the thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Being there to remind people that God's with them and God can take it. It's important. That's the one. That's the piece. That's always fun and interesting to have with young adult conversations. I'm like, guys, <laughs> it's okay to be mad it's okay to be sad it's okay to be like wtf lord um my favorite saying is jesus i trust in you but this is still total bullshit right now <laughs> <laughs> it's literally <laughs> i literally looked at the blessed sacrament and just been like you know what i'm still trusting you but yo fam <laughs> okay i'm sorry lord mary yeah i trust you but i don't know about them yeah that's been me <laughs> lately too is like jesus i trust in you and i trust in ate lynn but i don't always necessarily trust about in other people behind her except Koya and like her kids but like <laughs> i don't necessarily know that i don't know them lord i don't know them like i know that like ate and sister and ate Lindsay and you lord so work with me here work with me here <laughs> or my favorite my not so swear word favorite is lord please be patient with me i'm i'm trying this ain't it right now <laughs> just be patient with me and then kind of manifesting it in reverse 
So, like, I've told recently a lot of friends, I'm like, listen, I love you. I'm sorry I haven't answered your texts. Please be patient with me. <laughs> it's, it's, March has never been a good month for yours, truly. So, it's still not. And I'm like, so I'm just like, please just be patient with me, y'all. I promise April's coming. Guess what? That's my birthday month. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be feast month, Easter, everything. So, we just gotta get through March, right? <laughs> and sometimes it, it has to be like that, too. In allowing our brothers and sisters to say, sometimes you just have to tell Jesus, Jesus, this month sucks. Um, can we try again next month? <laughs> and can you be patient with me and sit with me for the rest of this month? Is that a cool? <laughs> and, and go that direction. And that's how I like to kind of like work through redemptive suffering and how I share with my brothers and sisters how to do it. Because for, I think for me, it's always been like my journeys with like trauma and stuff like that is also kind of similar to somebody else's like with abusive relationships and so it's like that it's always that fear of trust right and 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 you know we have trust issues at the gate so you imagine how hard it gets eventually right and when you have those like trust issues then leaning into the lord is harder because it's like it's one thing to trust somebody you know and physically and they're in front of you even in the zoom call but then when you're trying to lean into something that is considered, even though he's he's visible and invisible at the same time, because he's cool like that, it, it's so kind of like hard to lean into the cross sometimes and just look and be like, and just sit there at the tabernacle and just be like, I know you're there, right? You you didn't saw that. You saw all that. You saw all <laughs> and said, and I know you saw what I did too. So, I mean, like, I can't be really super mad at you, but like, I'm still kind of low-key mad. Like, just let you know. And I think that's just for me how I process it and how I help other brothers and sisters process it in the sense of like obviously not as candid as yours truly but like or ghetto church like yours truly but just more in the sense of you know hey if you're struggling don't sit on it right don't it's okay to let God in on that with you mm -hmm. you may not be ready to trust a therapist but it's okay to start with God first and then get a therapist. We like therapists too. <laughs> we are pro therapy here at the Nerfy Missiles. If you have not listened to any of our episodes, you should. Um, but at the same time, it's that piece of just knowing that, like, that that it is okay, you know, to feel what you feel. That your feelings are valid. Like, and I think that's also some of like, which ties into what we want to, I want to, into the next question, which is talking about breaking down the infamous quote, when I think the best quote in the entire freaking series, which is, what is grief if not love persevering, right? First of all, I saw that, I started crying. I was like, he's so good though. It's so true. No, Lord. <laughs> Why? I'm trying to stay awake. I'm trying not to cry the whole darn time. I need to be able to watch this episode, right? And, but at the same time, it makes sense because like when we're sitting here discussing like how to like move through and quote unquote offer up, like how do we, when we, ugh, I lost the words, we getting into that point of the journey, right? Like, you know, how do we embrace that, right? That piece of the grief in love is, is a form of love persevering. And when do we have to kind of like like yeah i'm gonna stop because i think my brain was just like nope stop right here up here like embracing that quote right and embracing that piece as for us as catholics right because you know if we take it into consideration like we can go back we can go to new testament right like think of like the marys and john who were present right at the cross 
right? And like, so Jesus dies. That's a thing. That's not a spoiler either. <laughs> when he comes, you know, when she comes, he comes, they take him down, right? Obviously, right? And before they bury him, they're right. He's there, right? And like, so obviously they feel that sense of grief, right? But then they still feel that like, that ongoing sense of grief with the next two days because, you know. And I guess, and this is the part where I, I'm bummed that, like, we didn't get to explore that in the scripture. <laughs> like, how did Mary handle this? Or how did, like, Magdalene and Mother of God Mary, like, you know, how did John cope with that? How, I mean, we know the apostles kind of, they stayed inside and locked doors and were crying the whole time. And that's fine. That's how some most of us handle big things like that anyway. But, you know... How do you allow that love to continue to persevere even after the grief ends? Because I think that's where a lot of us get stuck in the sense of if I stop grieving, I'm going to stop loving or I'm going to stop. Period. <laughs> I'm just going to stop. <laughs> like, and I think that's also where Wanda's struggle was, too. Like in the sense of if I stop this, it, it'll ends. Then what am I after that? I mean, I think, I think that's the whole point, right? Is that like, as long as you love, you're going to have grief. And I don't, I, I think, especially when you're taught, maybe different griefs are, are different, like, but I think that if the grief has been caused because of love, right? Whether that's love that's been broken or lost or whatnot, I, I don't think the grief ever stops. It just transforms. And, you know, I think like with Wanda, we got kind of this hint again, spoiler at the end, that perhaps her grief is transformed into a motivation that's going to send her down a dark path, right? Um, you know, and that's, uh, that, that, that can happen. I mean, you look at some people who like go through traumatic experiences or grief and they're at greater risk for addiction or mm -hmm. homelessness or depending, right? Um, you know, so I don't think, I don't think the grief ever goes away if, because the, it's true. The love perseveres, right? I think it's, it just transforms and, and hopefully by the grace of God and with therapy, because yes, we're pro therapy, right? God is the healer, but he also gave us therapists, um, mm -hmm. you know, in the profession of psychology. Uh, so hopefully it transforms into something that allows us to um, I guess have more stability or positivity, right? Like you hear some people who they face trauma and their grief transforms into something that radically changes their life for the better. They become motivational speakers or, um, you know, maybe they just um, become your typical ordinary, I don't know, best friend next door kind of person or something. But even just the act of, of that grief transforming to allow them to be that friend or to be that, you know, um, wife or husband or parent or coworker, whatever that is, like they're, they're changed by the process of going through that grief. Um, you know, was it Henry Nouwen who had the whole wounded healer kind of thing, right? I think so, yeah. So in some way, maybe they become, you know, just the wounded healer right? Like 
through their own experience, there maybe God puts them in the right place at the right time to speak God's healing grace into somebody else's life, right? We never know, you know, down the road, like what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't think grief ever goes away. It just transforms. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Wait, no, you're right. Like, um, uh, what what sticks out to me is is um, there's um, like the difference between tolerance and um, and relationship. And when you tolerate, it's like I tolerate you staying there, and I'll stay here. But there's no there's no relationship. And but like true relationship, there's possibility of us hurting each other. Like there's a possibility of because we we have to we're, we're connected at some point so like um like you know someone's you know someone I had a family member who lost, who also lost a baby um I mean the very baby was six months gestation and um he like they they were saying you know they asked me to come and they didn't know what to do they, they at first they didn't want to see him they didn't want to hold him they didn't want to do anything and um and he, um, you know, he asked my my advice because he felt like they weren't in the proper place to make a decision. And um, he just didn't, he asked me, he's like, why does it hurt so much, right? You know, why does it hurt so much? And, and, and I was like, because that's, that's your child, you know, <laughs> you know, because you love them. That's why it hurts, you know? So I think you're right, like love, like any lot feeling of loss of love or attachment to something there's going to be a grief um because you there you put yourself you invested there's a part of you that was there you know and and then when that's taken away that part of you isn't the same anymore so um like what do you do to fill that and if you look at many people's stories like 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 you mentioned like like you know homelessness or addiction and you trace it back a lot of it, you know, was like, you know, my mother was killed or, you know, there was abuse or so like there was a grief of like having what they're not having what they're supposed to have, which is a loving family or, you know, those kinds of things. So, yeah, you're right. It, 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 it doesn't ever go away. You know, the, the pain I felt, I, gosh, it's been what, 16 years since, since um, Alex passed. And, he, you know, it was hard with me with him like he was killed but he's also the one I was involved with in the abusive um, relationship so it's like he hurt me but I loved him (laughs) so like what do you do with that right like and it's not it's not clean you know and so you know going back to the whole therapist thing I didn't like my I got mad at my therapist because she was a she had to be a bad bee at one point and tell me like you can't systemize your your healing right she's like it's not clean it's messy the crucifixion is messy I'm like I don't like that. <laughs> I'm like, I hear what you're saying, but I really don't like it. And, you know, and, and she's like, you know, it's going to get messy and you have to be, you know, understand that's what's going to happen. You know, like that, that's a natural process that's going to happen, you know, with grief. There's no way like, okay, I checked off. Okay. I, I, anger is done. <laughs> you know, like I'm all good. I'm moving on. <laughs> I kind of like denial. Let's go. Right. But, Can I just keep <laughs> bargaining a little longer? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, so. that's kind of like bargaining. Yeah. <laughs> oh I, darn! You know I mean? <laughs> Did I progress? Was that? <laughs> <laughs> no, and that makes a lot of sense because I think like, and this 
this sucks. First of all, love sucks anyway. But like, <laughs> love is beautiful. Let me rephrase that. Love is beautiful. It does, however, sometimes suck. Especially in the case of like where we're in the angle that we're looking at it. If the sense of like, you know, because we as Catholics believe, you know, love is, is to will the good of another. And then that is denied in some form or fashion, whether it's traumatically or by accident or by abuse or by insert other reasons here. Like there's always going to be that sense of grief in some form of or uh, some form of capacity right like and i think for me it's always been that kind of like that that journey in the sense of understanding that like that love is not diminished right like that whatever was good is not diminished by your grief or what led to the end of said like story or end of chapter because story when story ends we die but <laughs> but the chapter or the section or the phrase that you're in it's like you know that that doesn't mean that the good parts were are, are gone forever and i think that's also some of like that explains to me why wanda did what she did because she wanted to take what was good and just manifest that and just be that like she didn't want the pain like she wanted the love without the risk right and not having but the risk is you know all of avengers <laughs> infinity war and endgame and the the pain that comes associated with that right and i guess it's just kind of embracing i know that sounds really limited in my headspace right now but like just embracing that like there's still good right there was still good moments of love of the love story right yeah it went all south and went wherever it went I, and I'm being intentionally generalistic here, like, because everybody's story, love stories when it comes to love and loss is different. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's gone. Like, it doesn't mean that it didn't mean anything. And I think sometimes when we deal with, like, like bad, like, negatively tied love, loss, a negatively tied grief, that there's that piece of it, like, so, you know, do I be good with that, right? Like, can I still honor that which was good, mm -hmm. you know? in light of everything else that happened. And so, yeah. So, I'm gonna, I had, I actually wrote these two questions, next to the last two questions out of order, so I'm gonna switch them. So like, that going, that being said about love, right? You know, what does WandaVision teach and remind us as Catholics about love, right? Um, keeping, you know, like, can we, yeah, stop talking there. <laughs> Because then I started writing, like, because I wrote in the expanded version of this question, y'all, you know, keeping in mind that love means to will the good of another from St. JP2. And then, like, how can we be okay with having the love story without the risk? Like, Wanda. Like, can we be okay with having the love story without the risk? I mean, we all wish that, but. Wait, did she have a love story without risk? Yeah, because everything wrapped up in half an hour and then they transformed houses. <laughs> she's still lost again. True. This is a good point. Well, except, okay, so so I think, right, she she still had the risk, right? Because that's the thing is it's like, yes, she has the ability to transform reality or the probabilities of reality. If you want to get technical, I don't even understand the difference. <laughs> but my fellow nerds were like, she can't actually change reality. It's the probability factor of reality, like her probability X. Okay, sure. <laughs> she changed reality. Anyway, um, you know, there's still the risk there because she's still lost at the end. I think the difference was that she she got to have her goodbye on her terms. Whereas 
all of the losses prior to that in her life, she did not get to have the goodbye on her terms, right? Um, so, you know, yeah, I don't, the question of what can we learn about love? I don't know. Venus, Lynn, you guys want to take that one? Don't do it. Just <laughs> be a curmudgeon your whole life. Yeah. Miserable for Jesus. No, that's not what we're saying. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I, I do not endorse that previous statement. Um, I think for me is that like, I love, you're right. Love transforms. Good, bad, ugly. And that love is, there's that, where's that word? Um, And that love is kind of one of those moments in the. Nope, I lost it. Dang it, it'll come back. <laughs> the first one, first point still stands. <laughs> I think, like Lynn said, right? Like, if you have any sort of true, meaningful relationship, right? What, regardless of the type of love it is, we could bust out our Greek, you know, filial love, agape love, right? Love is going to cost. You know, because uh, when it takes vulnerability mm-hmm. and whenever you're vulnerable, you put yourself at risk for, for hurt. And, um, you know, I think of, you talk about like, can you have love without the, the risk? And I just don't think that's possible, right? It's not real love. Um, you know, like whenever teens, I'm a youth minister, by the way, in case people know, whenever teens are like, well, you know, why? Does God give us free will then? And it's like, okay, because if you can't freely choose the love, it's not really love, mm-hmm. you know, like it takes that choice, which once you choose, that means you're invested and you're vulnerable. Um, you know, I remember when I was still a baby youth minister and didn't have kids yet. And one of the parents was like, when you're a parent, you'll understand. It's like your heart is literally walking around the outside of your body. Mm-hmm. And like, it's true. I literally ran at a bear once to like try and protect my child. That's a whole other story for a different episode. I'll come back on another time. But, uh, and it was like, it was irrational, irrational, right? Because like, that's what love does. And, you know, I think of um, Father Stephen Spencer, who's one of the oblates of St. Joseph. He has this great saying that um, God gives us free will to choose, but we don't get to choose what's good for us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, I get to choose whether I'm going to eat a package of Oreos or I'm going to eat like a bag of baby carrots. That's my choice, but I don't get to choose that the Oreos be as healthy as the baby carrots, right? Well, it's probably not a good idea to eat a whole bag of baby carrots either, but <laughs> moderation friends. I, so I don't, I don't get to choose that love has no risk. That's just not something I, that, it's in my power to choose, right? Like it's always going to have risk with it. And, um, but it's worth it, right? Like that's the thing. And, and we were made for love because we were made by love. God is love itself, right? So there's that longing. And I think that even if we try to avoid love because we're, we're not, we're afraid of that risk. I think there's a grief that comes from missing out on love equally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because we don't get to choose that we were made to be without love. Right. Then to be reading my mind, my heart. 
We were made in love with love for love. Or I mean, in love with love. Through him, with him, in him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, God is love. Like, and and that's something we don't, we we can't decide how we were made um, and who's calling us to completion of that love. Like, he continues to call us to himself. Like, and we'll never, we continue to grieve because we're not completely there. That's kind of the longing part. It's like we're not, we're not fully in that love yet. Well, and 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 that whole thing of, um, you know, a condition of love is freedom to choose or not. You know, to choose or not to. And it's like you you want to, you, but what we were made for that. So okay, like <laughs> sorry, like and you know, sometimes I'll tell my you know when back in my days with the the confirmation kids like our nature is to be with god and if we're not living in our nature we feel there's something wrong we feel like there's something wrong you know like i'd mentioned like you know if you had that leg amputated you know um and they talk about the phantom itch because naturally there's supposed to be a leg there right you know and um or there's that longing there's the, like a feeling complete right and that's what in god we are and he, so we we can't change that right so the, the, and then the whole thing with love is, is it if we think about the trinity like the father and the son the relationship between father and son was so great that came out the holy spirit and you can't contain that right like if you think about joy love and all of those things you can't contain it like i'm not going to buy a present like that you know that i really like you know that i think like i know lindsay's going to love she would totally love this I'm not going to drop it off to her and run away, right? And be like, peace, and never talk to her again, right? <laughs> like, there's a certain joy there, right? Because I want to see her happy, right? Like, oh, here you go. Okay, you know, peace. I'm like, we're, we're done. But it's like, you know, the, like, why would I, you know, I got my whole stimulus. I'm going to give it to Lindsay. <laughs> she opens it up. I'm not going to be like, oh, that's, you know, I hope she likes it because you, you want to participate in that joy, right? You want to participate. Like, so that I think, like, it's just science, I guess. I don't know what kind of science it is, but it's like, that's the nature of the thing. <laughs> the nature of love is that it spreads. It's, it's joyful. And you have, in order for it to be love, like you have to, ha- you have to open up for it to go out, you know, beyond you. And the moment that you make that choice to step beyond you, you lose that comfort of knowing where you are. Right. So then that's the scary part. It's like, no, I'm good right here. I don't step out that door, but like love is calling you to step out that door where there could be beautiful things, ugly things too, but like he promises beautiful things because he promises us himself. So yeah, that was like all over the place. Sorry, Lindsay, I spent the stimulus already. Um, Catholic school education. <laughs> you know, I was over here like, wow, hashtag cool. Hashtag Catholic school stimmy. <laughs> it's registration time. But I will eat Oreos with you, so you don't eat the whole thing. And I'll, I'll, exactly. <laughs> I'll drop off carrots too. <laughs> I guess it could be an act of love to share with Oreos. Yeah. yeah. Or you at least just drop them at the door and then like move six feet back and then be like, okay, come to the door. And then you have to. I'll take half, so you don't have to eat them all. We'll, we'll both yeah, so nice. partake in the in the joy. But you know, this is why. Like, okay, do you guys ever hear of like getting booed at Halloween? Yes. Or like elved at Christmas or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like, like okay, that's cool, that's fun, but like, I don't get to see the people like open it because I'm not gonna like stand behind like a you know tree like a creeper like watch. It's kind of, I don't know. I don't get as into it because like it's cool for the kids to get stuff. They get excited, but then when we go boo other people, I'm like, 
well, I hope they like it. You know, <laughs> you don't get to, yeah. you don't get to participate in the joy. That's true. This is, I don't know, maybe I'm just a curmudgeon. I'm really a curmudgeon at heart. Here I am talking about love. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same. It's okay. <laughs> but then I see, and then, then I see like a cute little dog. Like, oh, <laughs> our kids, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, that's a good spot. Um, last question. And it ties a little bit about that love and love requires freedom peace. At the end of the day, after everything is said and done, and we cry a thousand tears and laugh a thousand laughs with the show, do we think that what wanted it was justified? That's a loaded question. I know. That's why I love this. And that's why I love shows like WandaVision, because I can ask those kind of questions. Do we think what happened? Like, I mean, like, taking all into balance, right? Even atonement, right? Like, we have to take also the fact that she atones as well, somewhat. Ish. Bonus spoilers. <laughs> End credit boiling spoilers right there. <laughs> this is a philosophical part that will keep me up all night. Like, well, if, you know, you put this on this part of the scale and this on the other side. <laughs> Yeah, I guess my response is I'm glad I'm glad I'm not God. And it's probably good for the world that I'm not God. Like, you know, to be able to make such a judgment like that. Because it's like, how do you I don't know, like, how do I was she justified in doing the hex? Hmm. You know, if we break, okay, we can break it out like that. So then yes, do we think just the hex piece I'm not even talking about the extended like let me imprison a whole town and then recreate my husband from very cool creative energy and like like god level energy <laughs> i was like that's some god level energy right there <laughs> but like and go from like there but like just in general like do we well, I mean, i'm gonna think... say yeah okay you're going you're Straight I'm gonna to say yes. yes. Do you want to expand on that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> She's like, yeah. Just yes. That's my final. <laughs> the answer is just yes, right? I'm going to go Old Testament justified. Like, um, if we are, we're going to like talk about justice as a, you know, like something has to be corrected, right? Like there's something that was damaged or something removed. So you need to like fix it you know, forgive that, like trespass, whatever, um, you had, you're trying to return it. So in the, in the whole greater, like, economy, the great, the, of, of the, the big picture, she was offended. So she is being adjusted in order to fix that offense, right? But like, doesn't mean that, that that's correct. But there is a just, I think that's why we need grace. So like, you know, you can justify things, I can manipulate the bone if it's been broken and put it back but that doesn't mean it's healed right i think there's more than just justice and when we try to just justify things like you know in in our world um you you're not taking into account that we're a broken world so yeah you can it's it's i think it's definitely justified what she has done based on her past and brokenness but that doesn't make it right just because it's just it doesn't make it right and I could be totally wrong, but like it's that's, not that's my thought. It's not necessarily <laughs> merciful either, because in the process, like I see you're like I'm yes and no, right? I think the universal answer is going to be yes and no, but like on the yes side of it, yeah, there is a big, there is 
a bunch of injustices going on over there and that she's and even more injustices in the fact that no one's like inter intervene to help her work through those injustices right because some of those will never be resolved unfortunately boo um but no in the sense of there it's not merciful because if we we all know that justice mercy and grace tie together Right. So we're going to give grace, obviously, that, that's where the yes, the and part comes from. The grace part of it is, is like, we understand why she did what she did. But the no part of it for me is she didn't need to take a whole town with her in the process. She could have just isolated her whole house and just stayed at her house and did that and had kids at her house and just she could have kept the hex tiny. She didn't need to take a whole town with her. And when she took the whole town with her, her trauma bled into it. So remember I was talking earlier about like, you, we have to be mindful when we're working through trauma, not to let it accidentally go out into, not to let the hex energy also go into people, right? And therefore submit, and that because we're robbing them of their freedoms too, when we do that, right? We're robbing them of the freedom to process loss, grief, trauma in their own ways, sense. And so it's not, they're not, isn't that the nature of sin though like it's messy too like it like i'm aware of a sinful situation by um i'm just aware of a sinful situation and it's scandalized me and like i don't have anything to do with that particular situation but like it it bothers me like i don't i don't support it i don't even talk like that situation and the people involved in that situation aren't aware that i'm aware of that situation but like it has brought me to a place where I need to go to confession because it, it, it bothered me so much. Right. Like, so like Wanda, like, doesn't realize it's affecting, like she did, she probably didn't intend it for effect, like the, the, the next block over, but because of what it is, it, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I feel like obviously the whole hex thing is not good right and that she's not dealing with the pain i think that she's you know uh manipulating reality obviously in an unnatural way um i i don't i don't know if that in and of itself is sinful per se uh i think that the torturing of the other people is really where it crosses the line but i think you know was she justified i mean I could, I could see Lynn's argument about why she's justified, for sure. In in it, to me though, like just the initial like creation of the hex, and it sounds like the first couple of days she's not even aware of what she's really done. Mm -hmm. Like that's how strong her denial is, because I think she even mentions to Vision, like you know, I didn't realize, but once I started to realize, you know, um, you know, definitely by like episode six she knows mm -hmm. um for sure episode five i don't know if she knows at the beginning but by the end she definitely knows yeah. like she doesn't um, know how she did it but she knows that she's a part of it yeah right and so i think but i do think like when we get the flashbacks with like hayward and stuff he's goading her on mm -hmm. i mean he's just like oh my gosh he knows what's up he knows mm -hmm. about her powers in a way Satan. that she, even she Satan, doesn't know. Saying, right, I still right. think Hayward's Mephisto. I'm going down with that ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if so, we're talking in terms, Satan right there, fam. <laughs> you know, so I think I think that, you know, her culpability is certainly diminished, right? Right, right. Um, 
And like, we always talk about, it's something that I've had to learn and try to teach like our oldest about it is that like our feelings are our feelings. They're not right or wrong. They just are. Mm -hmm. And it's what we choose to do with those feelings, right? That makes the difference. And so Mm -hmm. to me, it's like, how can I judge somebody's actions when they weren't even in control of them per se, right? Like she didn't even intend for the hex to come up. Um, And she didn't intend, at least for maybe the first few days, for any of that stuff to happen. She wasn't really in control. You know, like Monica even mentioned when she got thrown out of, you know, the hex, like Wanda kind of protected her. Although I wonder if it was Wanda, if it was her spectrum powers that protected her. I don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But she felt like she was being protected. She didn't feel malice in Mm -hmm. it, right? So, yeah, so I think, I can't say if it's justified or not. I think at a certain point though, it seems like Wanda's conflicted, you know, she's, and and I think Elizabeth Olsen said in an interview, she's like, yeah, there's not really like a true villain in this. Right, right. It's true, right? Because it's much more complex than that. Like you can see Wanda's point, but you're also kind of like, ooh, that's not a good choice, man. That's not a good life choice right there. You know, and especially that like spoiler uh, credit scene where it seems like now she's really making a conscientious choice. No, no. To mess with the dark hold and mm-hmm. try and oh, no. create her children, and she's oh. gonna crack open that multiverse, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I don't think she was wrong in the beginning. I can I can say that I don't think she was unjustified i don't think she was sinning in the beginning maybe well i mean if we're going by the definition of like what we define as like mortal and venial sins and what's required the requirements per catechism of what a sin is right like that part makes sense i think till episode five and then she's like and then when we like by that point i think vision goes no no something's wrong and and at that point i think everything past that i'm going Okay, we might have a sin now because now you're sitting in it. Like you're now you you know that you're there and you know it's a it's a thing and you're just can't, yeah you can't plead ignorance anymore. Exactly, you can no longer yeah. Plead. That's what's required for sins to be actual confessionable offenses. You must know what you're doing, right? Like you must know what you're doing and you're still choosing to do it anyway, right? Although I wonder if some of the culpability isn't still like diminished because of like the level of trauma and the fact that she hasn't gotten that help to deal Mm -hmm. with it, you know? Like, I think an argument could be made, right? Where, um, you know, maybe there's there's some, some, I mean, there's obviously clearly some mental health issues going on because of all the trauma and whatnot. Now, kind of as she's processed that, and now she's like Scarlet Witch messing with the dark hole. Now mm-hmm. I'm like, no, that's it. No, but it's culpability <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, but she's not Catholic, so she doesn't know. But <laughs> we're like, oh no, 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 no. Right. I mean, that's like no, the no. difference between murder one, murder two, manslaughter, like you know, right. an, accident. an accident, an <laughs> accident. Like at, I mean, at what like, level? And then there's also that piece, too, that I was just thinking about, like, also, that kind of just hit me, like, you know, at the end of the, like, we take into the greater, like, whole, like, scale, right, of it all, like, 
does Wanda... Okay, wait, let me back up. So somebody mentioned earlier that, like, there is no clear villain in this show. I beg to differ. I think the I think trauma <laughs> is the literal villain of this entire show. Like, and I know that's, like, really weird to, like... I, and maybe it's just because also our culture doesn't personify any type of mental illness or any kind of mental issue, like disabilitating issues such as trauma right and i think that's why so many of us really like the show because it's like that like do you want to know what trauma looks like here watch the show <laughs> you get the disassociation you get the bargaining you get the collective you get, you get the whole gambit of what trauma can do to a person and then what people can do to manipulate it and or make it worse that's why i think hayward's mephisto but that's a different conversation um it's either he's hey either he's Mephisto y'all or he is a scroll and like he might be playing in that long phase five and six issue. We'll get there. Like we'll find out because I don't think he's that's not the last we've seen of him. Okay, but um, but in that space, but but like even then, Hayward was manipulating and like amplifying something that was already heavily traumatic. So he already knew that she was like that the villain. He was just making the villain worse, right? Mm -hmm. Just giving the villain more power. That's why Here's some alcohol for your addiction. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some more fuel for your fire. Yeah. Like, and that's why I say, like, if nothing else, I think, like, that's a moment in when Hayward is gilding her. I'm like, yo, that's like Satan trying to goad us right there. That's like, boom, Satan show up and go, you know, you, you really do are the only one who has the only power to, like, you know, bring him back online. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, bring him back to life. And I was like, first of all, like, ooh, I'm fight you. Secondly... <laughs> I was like, and then I had the counter argument of, wait a minute, is vision actual physical life? Because then that's the, that's an artificial conversation. We're not going there. Not tonight. Sorry, fam. Maybe next episode. But like, <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely going to be a great argument for artificial intelligence when we get to that episode. Um, but was it really love if he was a robot? Like, oh, <laughs> oh no, no, stop. <laughs> stop. Know, yeah, sorry, that's sorry, the sorry. next episode. <laughs> next episode. <laughs> Stay tuned because we're gonna probably this will be part two, and we may ask a few more people to help us with that one because like there's there's so many layers to artificial intelligence versus. I'm gonna go visit tribunal. They're gonna think I'm crazy. They're like, you're really gonna. Well, no, because we have to think about like what Saint Thomas Aquinas said, right? Does he have a soul, right? Like, and it's kind of hard not to argue that Vision kind of had a soul by the end of that, right? And so therefore. I know. Long, this is why that has to be another episode for another. Day. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole that we can't do that. That's another three Only hours. Only God can give a soul, <laughs> <laughs> right? Three hours. That's another three-hour conversation for another epistle. But like, it, it for me, I think it's just that piece of like. For so for me, I think why that's kind of maybe why I'm yes and no at the end because the ultimate villain is trauma, and trauma, while all-consuming. And all of us have walked through an all all consume the the phases of the all consumingness of it. At the same time, when you come to the realization, oh no, I'm hurting people. She was still trying to like, to like, manipulate it to where she can still win. But in trauma, no one wins, right? Like, one can only heal, right? But no one ever wins in trauma. And so I think henceforth why i make it it's like the best villain of this entire series because i think no one wins you know she then goes off and reads the freaking dark hole no <laughs> but that's how serious her trauma still is that she's willing to continue like yeah she's accepted vision's gone it's whatever it's gone that's done right but but what about my kids 
pull my kids back, right? And I'm like, no, that's a whole nother cycle of no, <laughs> cycle of no, <laughs> that we don't want to go down. And we'll find out what happens when we see next year, <laughs> next year. And you can blame COVID. We can blame COVID because we were supposed to find out <laughs> this year what was going to happen with WandaVision. We didn't get the COVID. Yeah. We're your masks, people. That's why. This is why, because you mess up our nerd, my nerd schedules and I'm not about it. Um, nerd schedules. <laughs> I'm one of those types of people. I was like, cool. So we're gonna have Wandavision, and now we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then Bad Batch from Star Wars is gonna be coming up, and then Loki is gonna be in June, and somewhere in the middle is gonna be Armor Wars and Hawkeye, and then Spider Man at the tail end of the year. Hell yeah, I'm super excited. So you get where I'm going with the whole like. <laughs> No, I'm going to make that a bumper sticker. Wear your mask so you stop screwing up my nerdy schedule. <laughs> like, that's going to be my new bumper sticker on my car is wear your mask, save my nerd schedule. Okay. Okay. And that's just the MCU. We aren't talking about Star Trek yet because they just started shooting the second yes. season of Strange New Worlds. Yes. They're going to start shooting eventually season four of Discovery. We're ready. I just need everyone to wear their masks so I can get my shows. True heroes wear masks. Facts. Like literally, <laughs> in the Marvel MCU. And, yeah. <laughs> Although that new cap, spoiler alert, looks like a oh. from up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're definitely gonna do a a Falcon and Winter Soldier because I definitely get like odd couple vibes. <laughs> Just from the trailers, they didn't even do anything in the first episode. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're setting the stage again. Damn it. I hate when they, I wish, like. You want to talk about trauma, too. Ooh. But... Yeah, yeah. Oh, poor Bucky. And his is different because he's he knows what he did. He, he did it. <laughs> and it's not like Wanda where she was able to disassociate it away. He did that-ish. And he can't make it go. Like, And he saw it. And he, he can't unsee it. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, oh crap, oh crap! Like that whole section at the end where he was like, he's on the sun, and I was like, oh no, no, no! That's the the, the redemption part. Yeah, definitely redemption arcs. <laughs> that is also something I want to talk about, but not concerning one division because that's not here. <laughs> the redemption arc, a redemptioning arc, and how like that. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. Not at this point. Maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll circle back after Strangers of Madness and. <laughs> what happens but i think like at the end of the day like besides the fact this is an amazing show and everyone should watch it um <laughs> even if you don't understand marvel you should just watch it so that way you can learn something um i guess i want to close with one question like what do we hope for wanda right because you know we've been gone through grief and loss and love but even in our faith we know we cling to hope right we hope against hope that's our motto because <laughs> mary said so we should hope against hope and like so I, yeah there's the question what do we hope for wanda lynn <laughs> oh, she, i hope she puts that book down but then there'd be no more story <laughs> so <laughs> like then we don't get in, we don't get to find out next year what's going on <laughs> Yeah. multiverse <laughs> i hope she finds peace like i wish for everyone else but you know, yeah concerning entertainment like i definitely want to see how the story pans out you know like how, how does she deal with this how does she deal with this temptation how does she deal with 
this uh, response to her trauma and, you know, this addiction that she's going to have to this book now, you know, like, I, yeah, I mean, I always hope good things for people. I hope that for her, but, you know, but I, I but it would be interesting, like, going forward to see how this plays out. Like, I, I've, I've been really, like, digging the the Marvel, the whole universe, because they get into these really, like, tight niches and nuances and, like, make you think, like, that's, you know, okay, and then, and then it makes you kind of reflect now, like, oh, okay, I could connect that to this, so I hope she does well, I hope she doesn't kill anyone, I hope she heals, but we will see. <laughs> I, feel like I hope she's a bigger bad than Thanos, no, we just kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, if she's going that direction, let's just go that direction, but I hope, <laughs> I'm definitely hoping that. Yeah, no, I mean, we know, like, she's gonna be in Multiverse of Madness, right, so... I think she's going to do some bad stuff. And I think, you know, Dr. Strange is going to have to come in and kind of set her straight. And my hope is that, you know, she has like a Darth Vader moment where it's like the good kind of comes back and wins out over the addiction. Right. Cause I mm-hmm. think when that I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it with that word, but like, yeah, her addiction to the like dark magic right and the Mm -hmm. power of that like the power of the dark side (laughs) and so you know we know that there's still goodness in her um but we also know that sometimes when people like hurt others because of their grief and their trauma they can become isolated and that just sends them even more down a self-destructive path right um and so my hope is that by the end of multiverse of madness that she um has found a way to become a more integrated person um so that her processing of grief and the trauma is integrated you know and i don't like the idea of well she's not going to be the powerful scarlet witch anymore because that's fueled by the dark magic i don't i i I would love to see her retain Mm -hmm. her like cosmic power and, and like her overpoweredness really, um, but return to the side of being more good. But I also kind of really love what the Marvel is doing with their characters now. Like in the beginning, it was much more black and white. You're the bad guy, you're the bad guy. And I feel like with Killmonger in Black Panther, Mm -hmm. like he was such a nuanced character where it's like very rarely are any of us purely good or purely bad like we still mess up all the time mm-hmm. we're the loved sinner right right like and so I don't know I kind of also like the idea of them exploring Wanda as the loved sinner right the powerful person who is good because we're all made good in God's image and likeness but man do we have that concupiscence right that yes capacity yeah. to choose poorly so I don't know I hope she has less in the future she has less (laughs) evil in the future but you know retains that humanity there it was that's the word i was looking for i was like concupiscence that word that fancy big c (laughs) word that i don't like no one likes you um i hope that she becomes the wounded healer that's really what i hope for in 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 some capacity even if it doesn't happen immediately after multi or um Multi- multiverses of madness like even if it doesn't happen there or it happens in a different capacity later down the road like in phase five or six that she comes to the realization that my power 
isn't to destroy. My power is to create and my power can bring healing. Right. And like it, it kind of began the process for her in WandaVision, toward, especially towards the end when she realized, OK, no, I have to let it go. I have to let I have to let go. Right. I have to be my create. My power is not destined for this. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I love the line when Agatha said, you know, heroes don't torture people. <laughs> and I was like, oh, true story, sis. But at the same time, you're not helping right now. <laughs> Hashtag, you're also not helping though. <laughs> anyway, at the same point, like, and, but it made sense to her. I think for her, then she realized, oh, this is how far my woundedness has gone. Right. And so then she begins that process of like starting to heal, that, like to heal at least Westview. Her, on the other hand, we'll have to wait and see. But that's what I hope for her more than anything else is that she becomes one of those those heal wounded healers and then in doing so teach other members of the mcu that same way because like keep in mind too she's not the only wounded healer in the room like wounded person in the room like we haven't even talked about you know what's gonna happen with black panther may chadwick boseman rest in peace right like you know we aren't gonna we haven't talked about you know poor spider-man <laughs> we haven't talked about like we need to talk about steven himself like he's still he has mega wounds that he has not yet healed from and his ego just kind of like is just this really nice all-inclusive like one of those fancy bandages that he can just uh -huh. you know, just be like it's good it's good don't worry about it <laughs> and where is blank vision Right, mm -hmm. right. Where is white vision, aka? I like that blank vision is better than saying white. But like, and and they were talking about that that we'll see him again in Armor Wars with um, Don Cheadle. Who said he's gonna vision's gonna be in Armor Wars. Mm -hmm. That makes sense actually, if you really stop and you think about it. Well, uh, that that's a another conversation. Okay, that's a <laughs> That's a comic conversation. That's why I was like, ooh, I just written into a film. I just want to see Randall come up and like save everybody. Hell yeah! Like, I want him to be Phil Coulson. That's what I want him to be. I want him to be yeah. I love I love Shield. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see Sword. <laughs> right? Or he could lead Sword. That'd be dope. I'd be with that plan. Mm -hmm. He'd be just like, yeah, this is all weird to me. I'm with it. <laughs> I like the idea of the Jimmy and Darcy X Files style show. Yes. <gasps> yeah. Damn, yeah. I'd sign me up for that. <laughs> sign me up for all of that. I would totally watch that. I'd be like, yo. Yeah. Ten seasons? Let's go. I, I don't even care. Yeah. I mean, yeah. X-Files yeah. is ten. I think X-Files is like eight or nine seasons. Anyway, miscellaneous note. But, um, quite a few VHS tapes for money. Going old school. I know, right? My, yeah. my dad has a complete DVD series, so that makes sense. <laughs> um, both Star Trek and uh, the X-Files. I'm like, okay. Nice. Yeah. I love I love what you said, Lindsay, about like the new, like how, where Marvel's going. Like if we look back, and I think it's going to affect the culture. Um, definitely affecting the culture like when we look back at like like the villain and the hero of a lot of the old school you know superhero movies of the past um, that you see that reflected in the culture and even in you know I don't want to go too far but like even in, in the in, in the church the culture of the church where we need to protect the church we need to protect the faith we need to fight you know and um, and you know it, I, I had to think about that like why do we need to protect God? God can protect God, right? Like, why are we, who are we fighting against, right? And like, now that we, like, as we move into this, you know, this new area of where a lot of the times the villain is me and the hero is me. I want the hero in me to win over the villain in me, right? Like, and, and, and that opportunity and the great power that's given to all of these, you know, broken people, like, 
you know like my kids are like I, I really like black widow like she's she's like she's she's awesome but she's like you know there's the human side to her but like she's totally like not a nice person you know <laughs> like but she is yeah, so it's like you want the good in them to win where it's not necessarily like an outer like person so like i i like that you mentioned that like you know where, where it's going and i hope it, it continues on that where they're, they're fighting to be the best and the good that they should be you know so yeah yeah. I always love that about Marvel as a whole, though, too. Like, every one of their characters has that struggle. It's uh, the kind of level depends, right? Obviously. But everyone is having that struggle piece of, like, who, who am I and what is my identity, right? Okay, that's a whole other episode for another day where we talk about identity. You got a lot of episodes. <laughs> a lot of future episodes. Let me get out my calendar. You can start booking me now. <laughs> I mean, you know, that would be fun. I just. This has been fun. I think. I think that's just where I, I hope to, is just also like to see where like each, each not only just for Wanda, but for the entire MCU, where they're going and how they're going to go about it. Because again, we're also talking, we haven't talked about Thor and his trauma issues. Oh man, he got hella trauma issues. And then some. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw his coping skills. Those weren't that great. <laughs> and- I can relate. <laughs> I mean, I totally can relate. That was all me. I was like, ooh, I have been, I am totally where he has been maybe recently <laughs> and that's why it hurt me when i watched endgame i was like oh that was me like six months ago i'm sorry <laughs> oh I'm, i feel you thor the struggle's real and um but in as a whole like i think i am very excited to see what the mcu is gonna do and i've always appreciated that if nothing else the mcu is like that great like quiet social commentary um and one but i think this is just the first time they've brought that kind of quiet social commentary to the front Mm. And I really appreciate it, especially in like now, like, because I, y'all have seen the memes. How many people said like WandaVision is literally all of us for 2020. (laughs) We were in some stage or some episode of WandaVision for 2020. You can choose which one you want. I'll take the 80s one, but but that's it, right? Like, and, and they made that a big, and that wasn't even their intention at the time either. I don't think they were planning for COVID to like literally wreck us this, ba- this badly. <laughs> but that's what they were trying. But now as we look at it in a different lens, we're like, oh, this is us now. And that's kind of what put, puts it back on us too. And maybe why we still resonate with WandaVision, even though I love Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I'm still resonating with WandaVision because it's like, I'm putting this back on you now. Right? Yeah, yeah. She left, she out the door. <laughs> what y'all gonna do now and i'm like i don't know and then i feel like one of the citizens of westview new jersey what do i do <laughs> so any last words y'all <laughs> any last yeah. thoughts this has been fun good been a good therapy session ourselves i was gonna say that too yeah <laughs> that was not the intention when i started <laughs> when i wrote okay. these questions but i'm glad that it is brought i'm glad that it brought some form of healing and to our brothers and sisters who are listening i hope that anything we've shared you know brings you a little bit of peace and healing too and uh yeah that is pretty much the end of this episode stay tuned i know next time you'll see yeah what what day what week are we now we're third fourth week lent fourth we're going to fourth or fifth i'm in covid time i thought yeah. that holy week was next week and i until my coworker was like what are you talking about and i was like what day is today i don't even know <laughs> november <laughs> I, i'm still somewhere in january and i looked at the calendar i have a huge holy saturday retreat and i was like yeah it's two weeks away what 
what do you mean Palm Sunday is next week? Crap. So <laughs> that'll be fine. But um, so chances are the next time you hear us, it'll be somewhere around Easter, hopefully around Divine Mercy. I'd love to talk about Divine Mercy next and how that fun and all that funness. Um, and until then, you know, thanks for listening. Continue to follow us on all them social medias. We promise we'll post more. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just bad at posting, y'all. Okay, leave me alone. What are your social medias? Uh, we are on Instagram and Facebooks, and we have a website, thenerdyepistles.com. And that's we have a website. Yeah, we have a website. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Oh, thank you for getting me for you. Huh? Oh, it's probably still the nerdy epistles. It's still the, the nerdy epistles. Yeah, at the nerdy epistles. Um, you know, it's at the end of every single one of our episodes, right up there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Forgive me. She's <laughs> been in Wanda's hex. Leave her alone. <laughs> She's still trying to figure out reality. Bonus <laughs> thought for maybe future episodes, y'all. The hex, the energy of the hex, could it be a form and manifestation of the Holy Spirit? in our lives the force is the hex the force well no because the facts well because and we've had their theological discussions about the force not necessarily being the holy spirit because it does not have the like physical man well it does have a physical manifestation but i can't use the holy spirit to like force push nobody without a physical (laughs) connection (laughs) i can force push you by pushing you physically pushing you but i can't do it from six feet away i don't know i was charismatic <laughs> i was just i'm trying to think like take tongues lane. maybe there's a push in the holy spirit i mean that'll be for another episode <laughs> so stay tuned to our social media to find out more to hear more about future ideas we make on that note and on that note, hey, um, per tradition, we always ask our guests to close us in prayer. So, Ms. Lindsay, will you lead us in a closing prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for um, your, all of your creation. We thank you for the creative minds that um, were able to bring us WandaVision um, to help us explore the topics of uh, grief and trauma and processing in such an entertaining way. And um, because everything is all part of your creation, um, you know, including the, the writers of the show, we thank you for just the opportunity to see you and your grace and your truth within um, the culture and, and in particular within um, this WandaVision. We thank you for this conversation. But God, most especially, we lift up to you um, everybody who is processing trauma, who's processing grief, um, everybody who's listening, who's been there. Um, we just ask for your Holy Spirit, your grace to be upon um, all of the listeners, um, the people in our lives who um, maybe are struggling through grief or um, in a place of struggle through grief or, or trauma. Um, and we just ask that, Lord, your grace would help us to be um, not only healed, but to become the wounded healer in turn um, so that we could bring your light and your love to all those around us. Um, and of course, we pray for an end to the pandemic um, and um, just offer up to you uh, our, our lives in, in service to your glory and your love. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Holy Spirit. All right, friends. Until next time, wear your masks, wash your hands, and know that God loves you. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Take care, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the Nerdy Epistles. The Nerdy Epistles is a podcast hosted by the Nerdy Life and Culture Network. Show notes are always available on our website, thenerdyepistles.com, and we're also available on Instagram and Facebook under our nerd handle, which is at the Nerdy Epistles. Lastly, if you're a fan of the podcast, feel free to share this podcast with others, like and follow us wherever you get your podcasts, and know that, hey, you can now buy us a cup of coffee. We've partnered with Buy Me a Coffee as a way to raise funds to continue this podcast and the other podcasts of the network so if you're interested in supporting us head over to buymeacoffee.com slash nerd life culture and support our work today thanks so much for listening peace be with you all and god bless